Hi there, mamas. Welcome to the Mom Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina, a mom of two little ones under the age of five, and I'm obsessed with making this journey full of joy for my kids and myself, even on the days where I can find myself crying in a corner. I'm going to talk about how putting intention and myself at the forefront helped me ditch mom funk. We all talk about what our kids deserve, but this is a conversation about what you deserve and what your desires are and how to get to mom thrive that mood when you feel like a badass and at peace, even when the laundry's not put away. Welcome to the Mom Thrive Podcast. I'm very excited for you to meet our guest today. Truly watching her through her journey and how she helps moms has helped me. She had no idea about this until I reached out to her. I really want to welcome Jamie Jones, founder of Jamie Jones Fitness. You are incredible in the way that you share your stories, in the way that you have used that to help moms, but I want you know, the audience to kind of hear from you, who you are, um, what your business is about, and then what's your mission? Amazing. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, I actually started my business um, completely in an effort to, to help moms after needing help myself after having my first uh, son. And I had postpartum depression with Malcolm and didn't expect it, but we had a lot of life changes during my first pregnancy. Um, The hospitality hotel that I was working at shut down and I went from working like 365, like, I mean, all year long, 24 hours a day, overnight shifts, um, to then not having work. During pregnancy, that can be really, really stressful to go from two incomes to one when you know that uh, money is only going to be more necessary than ever. And um, was having a really hard time finding a new hospitality job when you're pregnant. So my husband was like, you've never really taken time off during the hospitality and like industry years. Why don't you just take a breather for a little bit and we'll figure it out after you have him, which was a great option to have. And I'm grateful for that flexibility. Then I had prenatal depression that turned into postpartum depression and I didn't expect it. And then I'm launched into being a stay at home mom. which I didn't expect, nor did I plan for. And while those, that's something that a lot of moms would, would kill to have that time for, I was not mentally prepared for that, that time. And I needed an outlet. I needed to figure out now who I was. We had just recently been married before this. Now I'm pregnant. I lost what my whole hospitality career was with no real desire to go back because now I'm also a mom and I don't want to go back to 24-7 workspace. Um, And I was big into fitness. And then I had, I worked out during my pregnancy and reached out to a lot of trainers who couldn't help me. They couldn't really give me any specific guidance on how to take care of my body. What can I do? What can't I do? What's safe? What's not? And um, I decided to just get certified as a certified personal trainer and see if I could gain some knowledge while I'm home. Because then I was also like, well, maybe I can do something with this. And um, I did that and there was no pre postnatal information in my certification to be a personal trainer. That turns out that that's like a separate thing that you have to do. Um, And I decided I didn't wanna work with general population. I want moms, like I'm here for moms. 
And I started to take a fitness class in a park with a bunch of moms. And the postpartum depression part of me that did not want to go out um, really struggled to get myself there. But every time I got there, it was like, whew, I felt amazing. I, you know, someone else's baby would cry and they would have to stop and feed their baby or someone would come and be like, I didn't sleep last night. Let's see how this class goes. And any ounce of like relatability with other women who are coming to this class, all different shapes and sizes, all different colors to just move and get a little bit of an endorphin break and be in community. I was like, oh, I need this. And my husband would be like, you're better on the days that you go meet with other women in a non-judgmental space um, from all different walks of life and you're just moving your body and finding ways to relate to women. And so then long-winded way to just then launch myself into my own pre-postnatal community. And every year I just keep building onto it, which feels wonderful. I got uh, certified in diastasis repair and core coaching and um, I'm now a birth doula, hopefully postpartum doula sometime, but I have two little ones at home. so. Yeah. Uh, with two little ones, I'm like trying to figure out how to keep my household together right. before I go cook and clean for someone else who has a new baby and maybe feel a little crazy. So that will be into my toolbox eventually, but I just keep adding on and teaching workshops and childbirth education and any, honestly, any effort to try to provide knowledge or relatability or community for other moms who are just trying to have, you know real life mom content in their life. I mean, you, you said so much there, but the first thing that I instantly was like, oh my God, yes. Is this, like you said, how you got launched into being a stay-at-home mom that happened to me in March, a year ago now, almost, I can't believe it's been a year. And you're right in that you're not mentally prepared for what all of that entails. I wasn't. And in March, I was a stay-at-home mom and working full-time, which is just, just, I don't know. The first month, I think, I don't know if this happens to you, but I'm just like, I got this. I got this. Like, I got this. I got a schedule. I even printed a cardboard and, and said what time we were going to have the snacks and circle time. I mean, in my mind, I had it down pat. I was so, it was cute. <laughs> I'll put it that way. But it, it we didn't stick to any of that because like you said, you're not, pre you're not prepared what you don't know. You don't know. And then the other thing that you said was how it's interesting how you said like you're, you weren't prepared for postpartum depression. I didn't have postpartum depression, but with my daughter, who's the second one, I had a little bit about the blues. I, for a couple of reasons, like you said, when you have big life changes, uh, the weirdest thing that happened to me, and maybe it's not weird. Other moms feel this. I, I missed my son, right? Cause they're two years apart. And I felt guilty cause I didn't have that time with her. And it was just, it was really hard. And what I didn't realize, and that's when I had been working out before her but that's when I realized that working out is more than just about losing weight and staying fit. It's that real that finding those moments where you're moving and it's the first time that I was like, oh, this is what they mean by endorphins. Like, I actually need this. Yeah, I mean, and, and that was totally my thing. I mean, weight loss was never my goal. 
about from going to these classes. Um, I, I, I was someone who genuinely enjoyed fitness prior to, um, being pregnant and, right. and again, not for weight loss, really just, I enjoyed going to the gym. I enjoyed moving my body. I liked a good sweat. Um, I never really had like a training program either. Right. I would go and do whatever I felt like doing to just like keep a little bit of tone and movement and strength in my body. That was it. Um, and then I was just like, we shouldn't have to feel weak and heavy and aches and pains while we're pregnant to then be postpartum and have to carry babies and do all the laundry and do all the things at home that are very physical. I mean, all of motherhood is very physical. You're standing, yes. you're walking, you're bending, you're reaching, you're doing all these movement patterns that like, if you don't even just try to condition your body just a little bit can be really, really hard and just cause you a bunch of pain that like, we don't need extra pain. We're moms. We had babies. Like We don't. Yeah. We don't need to add more things that make our job already a little bit harder. And so, yes, I love the fitness aspect of the fact that it can keep all these muscles strong that we need to be able to move in our day-to-day -day life. But also I can prioritize that time for me. So even as a stay-at-home mom, I got really good at doing 20 minutes here, 10 minutes here five minutes here, if that's all I could do, or setting up a schedule with my husband where he would have the kids for 45 minutes before he would go to work or when he would come home either way. And that was my time to like go in the bedroom or go to our building gym or go somewhere, go for a walk where that was like my time to put on my music. I didn't have to listen to like Daniel Tiger or Thomas or whatever, my music and like get myself sweaty and move my body and, or go to a class or what. And he knew I was better when I was able to move my body and get those endorphins flowing and have even just what felt like some time for me. Um, and yeah, I just feel like whether I was working out with other moms or not, it was a really good way to prioritize something for myself that made me feel good. And it was never about weight loss or looking a certain way or lifting the heaviest weight. All those things come, right? Those yeah. things really can come. And, and I do think feeling a little bit better about yourself often also helps when you're a stay at home mom and maybe not feeling your, your greatest. And I know for me, I don't know if, you know, if this was something you experienced, but, uh, not going back to the hospitality industry was a choice for me. Obviously I'd been doing it for 12 years. That's my degree. I could go back anytime, but that was a choice. And yet I still really wanted to work. I still really wanted something that was for me and something that was mine and something that filled my cup that also helped provide for my family in some way. Maybe it wasn't making a ton of money. It was not making my hospitality salary. I felt more accomplished. And I know there are some moms who won't relate to this and the fact that they feel very accomplished being mom and like re and taking care of the home and and raising kids and I love that and I used to feel an immense guilt that I didn't love it in the same way that I had friends that that lived for it and were so grateful for it and I was home feeling like wait I need something for me I need to be creative in some space in some way and even if it was teaching one class a day and I had three people that took a class, I felt like for that less than $50 that I'm bringing in 
It was a time for me to pour into someone else. It was a time for me to be inspired by other moms. And it was a time for me to take time that was something for me that I could create. And that was super important to me to find the balance after becoming a stay-at-home mom um, of enjoying having the time and being grateful for having the time with my children when they're little to be home, but also making sure that I had a cup to fill and, and something that could fill that cup that allowed me to do a little bit of both. And so honestly, so Malcolm's going to be six at the end of March. I'm still trying to figure out that 100% balance. It gets a little bit better every year. Um, yeah. And it ebbs and flows and quarantine shifted a lot of things for people. And I, I firmly acknowledge every, all my blessings all the time. And there's lots that I could complain about and say, and that were so, that felt so hard. And I, I too feel the same way that you felt with two different kids. So I had a very different relationship and birth relationship and infant newborn relationship with both of them. And I felt a lot of guilt for the first probably few years of Malcolm's life that I felt we were very detached for the first year. And that, that was very hard. And then I felt guilty with Griffin because Malcolm got to go to daycare. And then I had time just with Griffin and I enjoyed the baby time with Griffin more. I didn't have the postpartum depression cloud that I had the first time. So I know that that's not something I could have controlled, but I felt that guilt for a very long time with two kids of figuring out stay-at-home mom life. I had two very different stay-at-home journeys and I was working more with Griffin. I think I just had more tools. I was more prepared. I very much over-prepared after having postpartum depression. So they were two different relationships. And now as Malcolm I get, and I get closer, that guilt starts to like... <laughs> Yeah. Into the background, but for the first few years, the balancing two kids dynamic, and then also trying to like figure out your own self at the same time, it's a lot of uh, dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Um, for my first one, I think for me it was flipped. We over prepared mm -hmm. for him for the first one. Um, I took six months maternity leave. Like, I mean, we over-prepared. And so it was like, okay. And then I, I don't know if I didn't prepare the same way, or maybe I just got a little confident. <laughs> um, that's the best. We talk about. Yeah. Um, and so that's exactly what I realized. I was like, oh, wait, in my second one, maybe I got a little confident. I was expecting the same thing and it, and it wasn't the yeah. same, right? It wasn't the same. And I, I was just like, nobody, nobody told me that, that it wasn't going to be the same. I signed up for the same and I'm not getting the same. So yeah. And, and that's the thing, like every, every mother's journey is truly different. Um, and there's just no wrong way. I think, you know, you, you wrote about this in your blog, which is like preparing for your new body and all mm -hmm. that goes into and how it's not just physical, it's emotional and, you know, requires a lot. Can you just walk through that a little bit? Because what I'm learning now is everything I didn't know when I had them, even though my son's going to be, or six, he'll be six in, in May, actually. I just, it makes me feel good that even though I didn't have all this information five years ago, that I still get to learn about 
this journey, right? Like embracing motherhood, because like you, um, I can relate in that I am, I'm actually not a great homemaker. Like I'm not, I just, I'm not, (laughs) um, I don't, um, and you're right. Like, I think it's amazing for people who are like, I just want to be at home with the kids. Like I, it was my choice. I, I decided to leave my job in June and I officially left in December of last year. Um, but when I left in December, I was like, okay, I still need to figure out what it is that I need to do to contribute to the family for me to keep growing. It's just, I like to work and I just want the work to be aligned with this phase of my life. That's all. I mean, I think the phase of life thing, I feel like for me has shifted six times since I had Malcolm. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I'm grateful for it. And I totally agree with you. you need something to keep growing. You need something to like, keep yourself moving forward in a in trajectory. So you don't feel stagnant in one place after becoming a mom. And, and not to say my mom life was not fulfilling. Once I got through the postpartum depression, there's like, you know, obviously I can find all the things that I'm grateful for my son and I love him. And I was enjoying being a mom in the sense of, I love my son. Right. But being mom all day, every day was not fulfilling in the same way for me as a woman. Um, which I didn't expect because like all my life I've wanted to have kids. All my life I wanted to be a mom. I started school for child education, early childhood education, which was like, I laugh when I say it now because I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I guess, and with those were other people's children, but I've always loved little kids. And then I had my own and was like, oh my gosh. Yeah really hard. And, you know, we, going back, it's like all those different phases of life and then different things happen and there's a job loss and my husband, we had a death in the family and we had all these things, components that add to making things harder. But then I was pregnant and then my body changed and I was like, oh, wait, okay, this is different. And I'm okay with it. When you're growing a baby, you know, you're growing a baby, you know, all those changes are going to come okay. But then I had postpartum after postpartum, that first postpartum period, I was like, oh, this is different. And then it wasn't necessarily about weight loss. It was about just feeling strong and capable in my body. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the fitness really changed that journey for me was I just wanted to feel strong and capable at something because I kind of felt like I was drowning in the whole motherhood thing and I was getting it all done, but it didn't feel natural. It wasn't coming natural and it wasn't something that I loved doing all the time. And I truthfully, I don't know if any mother loves doing it all the time. Yeah. I I think it's okay too. I know. I think it's, and it's fine. It's fine either way. I just think, especially, and it's you, but son's almost six. I don't know. I feel like six years ago, I didn't hear, there was no one in my spectrum or realm who was being open about not loving every moment of it. So I just remember feeling awful. Like, like, why is this so hard for me? Everything feels like a struggle. This is so hard. Everyone else is smiling and bubbly and loving this. And I was like, am I the only one that can't figure this out? Or like, I don't, like being woken up every night for eight months. I just feel like 
fortunately there's more of that now and there's a lot more real life uh, relatability but I just remember when I had Malcolm and I really think that that sort of uh added to the postpartum depression that was already there was just I didn't see anybody else that seemed to be feeling any aspect of what I was and then on top of that trying to feel like moving my body wasn't so hard all the time my back hurt and all of these things and so that was how the like mom prenatal postnatal fitness sort of came together was just like we should be able to feel strong and confident and capable and so it sort of just started happening through my own journey of me working out and finding out that like oh I went from the five pound to the eight pound weight and that kind of felt like not as hard as I thought it was going to feel great so I'm getting stronger right that one hour of time for me or whatever time I could sneak away um gave me that time to feel strong and capable at something for my own body and for my own self and to fill my own, I could listen to a podcast that made me feel good. I could listen to music that made me feel good. And again, I keep using the word capable, but I think where I felt so lost and cloudy in trying to manage figuring out how to be the best wife and the best mom and all these things at home. And I was like, it feels like I'm trying to figure out how to be the best for everybody else. And I have no idea what the best is for me. And so then finding that through that time and feeling capable. And then I started like enrolling, uh, uh, registering for races. (laughs) I hated running. (laughs) I hated, but it was one thing where I was like, I can push myself to do something where I feel really strong and I feel really capable and sure there are benefits for your body for how you look. I, I actually never looked better after having my first, but not on purpose. It was just, I got sort of, I started to find this like strength in getting strong. That sounds really cliche, but I really did. I felt strong mentally and emotionally, the stronger that I got, because I was like, I've never lifted weight like this. I've never been running like this. And now I'm doing things I've never done. And I feel capable. And I was meeting great moms through doing this. So I don't know. I just feel like no one prepares you for all of these things that can happen after having a baby. You can talk to all the friends, you can have all the wonderful people and you should, and you should hear all the stories, quite frankly. I I think, I think because you never know exactly what kind of mom you're going to be after you have a baby. Yeah. And I feel like just being in more community and opening yourself to hearing the good, the bad, and the ugly, and kind of leaning on those people when you're in that situation. You know, I, it's like, everyone's like, oh, find your community, find your tribe. No, no, no. Like find it. <laughs> find your tribe. Because, and I actually have a huge tribe of people I've never met that are like in my toolbox of people who build me up or who are a good listening ear or who support me and do all these things that I've never met that are moms who are also like, girl, same. And it makes a huge difference. Yes. I mean, it's so funny you say that because after a while you're talking to these people who are supporting you, who you have not met. Um, I mean, I will literally reply to your particular stories on Instagram. Like, I know you, I'm like, oh my God, I feel you. And, and it, it just slips out sometimes I'll tell 
my husband, I'll be like, oh yeah. So my friend the other day, he's like, who is that? And I'm like, forget it. I'm like, I can't even tell you because you're going to make fun of me. And he's like, oh, cause you make friends on Instagram. I'm like, but I do because that's how it is when you can't leave the house. And to be honest, during the pandemic, um, one of the things I realized between March and December is I was like, oh, wow. The last time I felt like this was when I was at home after yeah. having a baby, when you, you, you don't leave, um, people are very nice and genuine and someone comes to visit, but eventually they leave, <laughs> they don't stay with you. And so it's a very, um, and even like, you know, I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit, cause I think it can help someone. I, I remember, you know, doctors talking about postpartum, but it's a doctor, right? And so even if I had um, kind of experienced some parts of that, I don't think I would have made the connection. Does that make sense? Because you're just like, wait, that can't be it, right? Like, I don't know. I, I would imagine that there are certain things where you're just like not even fully aware of what's happening Completely. at some point, right? So like, what are some things that you experience and that other people should one not feel guilty or bad about but it is something that they could seek out support for yeah um uh backtracking for a second only because i was super i just like you i was super triggered the first week of quarantine i felt all of a sudden like I'd gone back, the studio shut down, so I couldn't go teach classes in real life. I still had work, but I was like working from home. I go from not leaving the house again. The kids are home. I went from having two kids in school or daycare to now everyone's home. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> and I had, I think, so what happened? Quarantine happened on a Friday. By Thursday, I had a massive meltdown, like panic attack in the bathroom of like, I can't, we need to figure out a plan because I can't do this prolonged moving forward. I need to find a, it's the balance. It's all about, it's truthfully like the balance for me. I need to find the balance um, between mom and me and work and all the things. But it, it felt like postpartum depression in a second. And for me, so for postpartum depression with Malcolm, I, I don't know if it was innately because I was experienced prenatal to prenatal depression that wasn't then diagnosed until postpartum depression happened. I just assumed it was hormones. And I actually, for the most part, felt okay. I was a little dreary at home, but I had a winter pregnancy. I wasn't going to work because the hotel shut down. Right. So I just kind of attributed it to like, I went from going to work every day and wearing a suit and kind of being a boss to like, now I'm home and pregnant and lonely. And I'm the youngest of um, so my husband and I have a seven year difference. He's seven years older. So none of my friends were really having babies yet. And I didn't really have anyone to like go to that could relate to what was happening. So I was just kind of home when I was pregnant. And so the, pre the prenatal depression makes sense. Um, but, and maybe just because I was experiencing that without knowing it, I kept sending my husband articles. I'd send him art articles on everything. I'd read stuff during the day and be like, here, you don't need to read the book, but just read this article. And so I'd send him a bunch about postpartum depression and was just like, hey, if you see this stuff happening, like, I don't really think it's a big deal. I don't, I'm not expecting this, but here, just so you know. And I did the same, by the way, I forward yeah. a bunch of articles. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, you don't need, here's the Cliff Notes version of this, but like, just so you know. Um, and then I had, I had a fine birth experience with Malcolm. For me, I think it was a lot being triggered by 
sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband had lost his dad right before, right at the beginning of our pregnancy. So I think he was grieving a bit. We were, you know, I'm still like kind of panicking at this point about not having a job and what am I going to do? And when am I going to go back to the hotel or am I going to go back to the hotel? So there was a lot of that. And like, when you look at the checklist of postpartum depression symptoms that if you went to a doctor and they said, here, are you experiencing da 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 da? It's typically like 10 to 15 things. If it's 10 things, I had like eight of the 10, the only two being for me, I did not want to harm myself and I did not want to harm Malcolm. So every other check on the box I was experiencing, it was like major life change check. Um, You know, all the things, all the things. Um, And so she was like, yeah, this seems pretty typical, but I didn't feel it and acknowledge it until month four, I would say realistically, I was very tired, which again, you don't attribute to postpartum depression right away. You've got a newborn at home, you're breastfeeding, you're waking up all the time. Um, I was very like lethargic in a different way um, than sleepy. I was foggy, cloudy, couldn't think of, I mean, I was known for my great memory prior to having babies. I couldn't string sentences together I couldn't find the easiest things to remember um then I started to notice that I started to like have OCD tendencies which is postpartum depression anxiety and OCD often come together and in some they don't have to be like textbook each one or on you don't have to have one or three you can have combinations I had combinations so I started to label everything in the house and things had to be in a place. I became like a little bit of a psychopath because like there was a bin for pacifiers and there was a bin for this and there was a bin for this and they're labeled. And I would freak out (laughs) if somebody just left the pacifier on the counter and didn't put it back or put it somewhere else. And I couldn't find it because my brain could not remember anything. So I came up with a system for me being stay at home mom to keep things in control. Because I think the reason I did not want to harm Malcolm was instead of having that experience, I went flip side to like take care of him. It felt like more out of duty than love, which was really hard to say. It's still hard to say. Um, like verbally, when I say it out loud, it's still hard to say and admit. But like I, I was sort of like, I have to keep this baby alive. Like I'm the only one here. It's my responsibility. I'm mom now. I have to do all these things. And I kind of went into overdrive a little bit. So that's where the anxiety then comes in, right? I wouldn't let people help, even though I needed help. And, you know, I'd go to leave him with my mom and I'd have like a massive list of things. And like, she'd be like, Jamie, you've been giving me the rundown for an hour. Please go get your nails done. Or like, go go for the walk. And I'm like anxious. I'm I'm like a, a ball of anxiety. It would send me into panic attacks. Like, but, but I could also manage to mask all those things because then you don't want anybody to know that you're experiencing them right you acknowledge it as postpartum depression anxiety and ocd or not you don't really want anybody to know that that's what you're feeling and you want people to think you love it so i could put on a fine happy smiley face and have it all together and have the house clean and have dinner prepped when my husband came home and all the things meanwhile i'd have four panic attacks during the day when nobody was there and all of the things 
And I genuinely think the sleep deprivation, also it's just very hormonal for some people. So um, I had a really just like rough hormonal postpartum journey where I don't think my hormones uh, uh, adapted very well to the drop and the ebbs and the flows and all the changes. So I, and I, and I wrote about this in a blog and I don't know if it'll ever not make me cry, but like, I will never forget. I loved Malcolm out of responsibility, but I did not process that I loved him until he was five months old. And I looked at him at once on a Tuesday, it was 10 7 AM. That's when you know it's real. And I looked at him and then he looked at me and he smiled. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I do love you. Yeah. And like, but before that, I didn't feel that love in the way that like you see newborn, like moms, like swaddling their newborns and all in their baby's faces and kissing. I didn't have any of that. And then you feel guilt for guilt for that, but you can't change that. So it's like all these like snowball of, of things that just build and build and build and build. And then you just feel all this guilt and you know that some of it's self-imposed, but you can't take it back. It's like this just very compounding emotional time. And finally, I remember, you know, at three months, I think my husband was like, Hey, I think we're dealing with a little bit of stuff here. And then I could have gone on medication. I spoke to my OB who I had a great relationship with. And I said, you know what? I want to see if I can try, you know, I'm not against medication. Please, 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 please. If that is what you need. Yeah. Yes. If that's the best for your journey, please. <laughs> but I didn't feel like I was yet at that point, but I was also very honest with myself that if I felt like I got there, there were no qualms for me to say like, I need assistance. Yeah. Um, and then I started to be more open with my parents and I started to be more open with my husband about it. And I said, you know, I need to move my body. And so that was when we seriously prioritized more time for me, mm -hmm. um, a little more help, even starting to take my certification for a personal trainer, something that was for me then kind of helped. Right. Because then it, it's a little bit more adding into me. Um, and so fitness was really my therapy. Fitness was my time of like, I genuinely felt like a different person if I squeezed in a workout in the morning um, before my yeah. husband left or used one of the two nap times for time for me to move my body and figure that out. I did not experience postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, not true. A little bit of anxiety with Griffin, but I also just think that that was managing two kids. Yeah. <laughs> no one prepares you for that either. <laughs> but I, and this is like another controversial thing that some people will say yes. And some people will say no. Um, I did placenta encapsulation with Griffin that I did not do with Malcolm. And, you know, it's said to uh, help alleviate postpartum depression and assist with nursing. And for me, it was the hormone balancing. That was the biggest yeah. sell selling point was I was like, listen, even if this is a placebo for the $250 that it cost me to go through a safe midwife and an OSHA certified, all the things, it made me feel better. And it yeah. felt like a tool because I did not, my biggest fear was doing it all over again. And that was honestly the only reason I didn't want to do more kids because I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. I can't do that again. Um, they were magic pills for me in the sense that I couldn't feel an immediate, you don't feel an immediate shift. It, 
essentially weans your hormones out. So instead of the placenta being delivered postpartum and just being out of your body, you wean those hormones out of your system. So you do it for about six weeks and you have control of what you take. You take them with your prenatal vitamins. You cannot taste them. Um, you know, there's a lot of like medically things about that. There's a lot of people that will say, no, it's not medically. And then there are some people that will say, sure, it's very holistic and natural and it's fine. Listen, everybody can do their own research and take on that. All I know is that it was a major, major game changer for me to the point where I only needed one a day to just help me feel balanced. I felt more energized. I felt more balanced. And my husband could tell on the days I didn't take them. Yeah. Well, that's the key right there, right? They can tell. I think something that you said, and I have felt that um, because I've had the panic attacks on my own, never told anyone. And then five, six o'clock rolls around and you're like, all right, we're going to do bedtime. And then when, you know, my husband comes home, everything's put away and, and you wouldn't even know what happened here during the day. Right. Um, but it's that when you start to open up and you're not carrying that burden is already helpful. Like you said, everyone has their own journey, but the minute you are not carrying that burden alone yes, and then you, you start to realize like, okay. And that's why the community, like you said, your tribe, you need that. Um, I, I totally agree with that because there's so many times where you know, um, there's that scene and I don't know if you've watched Sex in the City, but like I now on the movie number two, when she's like yeah. crying in the corner, I'm like, this did not make sense when I first saw this movie, but now I feel yeah. you girl. <laughs> it's so true. And it's just like, and, and I totally agree with you that I actually felt a lot of shame around the postpartum depression mm -hmm. and the panic attacks. And I was super embarrassed and I was worried that my husband wasn't going to love me the same. And like, why do other mothers do this so effortlessly? This is so unfair and effortlessly. Um, and I remember the freeing feeling of saying, okay, I have postpartum depression and anxiety. And um, these are the things that trigger me. These are the things that help me feel better. And it got to the point where I could even tell my husband, I feel it coming this week is going to be a rocky one. And the only way I described it to people was it's a dark storm cloud that hangs over your head and it never really goes away. Sometimes it rains, sometimes it doesn't. And yeah. it's just kind of there clouding your headspace and you know it's there and it's looming and it hangs out and sometimes it storms and sometimes it doesn't and I could tell him like mm, stormy week it's like just embrace you yeah <laughs> like stormy. but a lot of therapy for me was not holding that shame in to your point yes. not holding that shame in, not holding that guilt in you know there was a lot and, and still even six years ago a major stigma around it that even when I told my dad who's wonderful and caring and amazing would text me and call me every day to make sure I wasn't like in the bathroom strangling. Like I, he, he really was like, there was all this stigma that he was so terrified I was going to hurt myself or Malcolm. Right. And he'd be like, Malcolm's crying. You need to call someone. And, and I get it. It was just, there was like, people weren't talking about it. And I right. felt like it was my job as someone who experienced all different symptoms of this right? to speak about it. how other moms that like, you're not abnormal if this is what's happening in your home and you're not telling anyone. And the amount of women who reached out to me who were like, I'm bawling reading this. I'm every time you post something, it just triggers me in, in a like relatable way. Right. Um, because she said like, you know, one, one woman said that her mom was like, uh, uh, you can't tell anybody that don't tell anybody else that you need to go home. You need to figure it out. You need to put on some heels. You need to do something. You need to take care of your husband. You need to do whatever. And culturally for a lot of people, 
it was yes. like, oh, hey, we don't talk. We don't No, You're fine. That's a very old school mentality, which doesn't serve us. And I think um, vulnerability now and really being able to relate to people and building these communities. Um, I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately and how they they used to say it takes a village to raise a kid. Now I know it's not really about the kids, it's more about the moms. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, this is something that it's amazing that you share because it does open that up. And I think you even said this in something that you wrote that it's really about building a bridge between who you were and where you're going. Um, so I really wanna thank you for being on here and sharing this. Um, my goal is just for moms to not feel so alone and one, you know, I can share my story till I'm blue, but it's just my perspective. And I think the more we talk about things, the better we can be for each other. So I totally agree. And I appreciate you for opening up this platform for moms of all different kinds to come on and, and share and discuss different things because, you know, all that's going to do is just share more perspectives and yeah. whether it matches yours or someone else's, there's at least someone yeah. that might find something helpful and touching or relatable and the more access to we have that we have to these type of conversations the uh the more people that you can reach so right. I'm so inspired by you Thank doing you. your own thing and and creating and and opening up this space yeah that's you. why even in the intro I'll even say like that and that's why I called it mom thrive like we thrive regardless of how we feel you're a good mom regardless of what your journey is like. Um, and that's when even in the intro, I'm like, this is about like thriving, even in the days where you're like crying in a corner. Cause like, that's literally what I do half the time when I'm feeling anxious, but thank you so much. Let people know where they can find you. I'm going to definitely put in the show notes, but if you could just tell us your handles, because you share so much of this information daily and it's inspiring. Oh, thank you. So I am on Instagram at Jamie John Spit. That's J-A-M-I-E John Spit. And my uh, website is the same. So www.jamiejonesfit.com. Email is the same, jamiejonesfit at gmail. All the same across the board. So fairly easy to find um, and access different levels of support. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you all. Can't wait for you to be back next week to meet our next guest. Till then, have a good day, mamas.